once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, welcome to another edition of C-Squared Podcast. Your host, Chris, and my co-host, Aliyah. We are here today with Ryan and Zach from Black Throne Productions. And uh, we are going to be talking to them today about uh, both their label, uh, also they do some promoting. Uh, they do a lot of things, actually. So uh, we are currently working with them, well, C-Squared is for the promotion of the Ox record. So we decided to have them both on, and uh, it should be a good time. So to start off, I'm going to bring it over to Aliyah to start the interrogations with the both of you. All right. Well, let's start it off with a brief summary of who you both are and what you do within the realms of metal. Ryan, why don't you get us started? Let us know what you're doing and what you're involved in. Sure. Um, so my name's Ryan. Um, I'm co-owner along with Zach at Blackthorn Productions. Uh, it's kind of a newer DIY record label out of Toronto. Uh, I also run Pale Horse Promotions, a promoting company, and I started about a year and a half ago, kind of working for uh, local bands in the Toronto, Hamilton, Barrie, kind of just the surrounding area. Um, I also run Strange Matter Productions, which is kind of on the back burner for now while me and Zach are super busy. Um, and that's that's kind of the gist of it. Cool. And, and Zach, you? Yeah, uh, my name is Zach, co-owner along with Ryan as well. It's Blackthorn Productions um, on the side as well. We're doing the promotions with their, um, I do Zed Hollow Studios been doing that since around like 2015 just kind of picking it up on the side recording bands as it converted from doing my own bands to working with other people and it's kind of just slowly been snowballing until this point here now um both of you are musicians then uh yeah yeah i i play not in a band or anything but i play at home yeah, so, no, no band here either. Just kind of uh, was in the band up until like maybe I was 25, which is around 20, 2012. Cool, 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 cool. And then Our, you decided to take it, take your interests into the more business side of Yeah, things. well, it kind of worked out as like, as I started to decide just to do my own solo thing, people were reaching out about doing collabs and they started working out into working in their own material from there. So it kind of segued itself naturally. Okay, sure. Curtis, you had a yes, follow-up. I did want to follow up. So just, just to uh, bring us all back to the very beginning here. So um, how did this, so you guys had the promotion company first, correct? Is that how, yeah, is this the correct. sequence? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um how did this come about? Because obviously, I don't know if like, did one of you guys have the idea and then you joined up? Did you meet, like, tell us the story. Yeah, like, how guys... did you meet each other and get work started working together? So I actually met Zach through my wife. Um, he was, uh, he went to high school with her. And when I met my wife, naturally, Zach came along with that package. Um, so me and Zach actually worked construction for a while together for a better part of about like four years. And uh, it was kind of something we were just kind of like tiptoeing around like we had you know maybe said that we had some interest in doing something like this 
And then um, we kind of, we split ways in construction, both went off to do our own thing. And I think that's, that's kind of right when COVID started happening. And uh, I think we were just both kind of wanting to get out and like go to shows and stuff, uh, kind of just itching to do that, you know. But uh, so I, I guess it was kind of like born, you know, while we weren't able to do anything. And uh, once COVID, like all the restrictions lifted, that's kind of when we we sort of like jump, you know, feet first into it. So what was the first show that you organized and promoted together? And what were all the things that went wrong? Um, surprisingly, not much went wrong. Actually, no, no, that's a lie. Sorry. Um, I was going to be really impressed. Yeah, we we actually had about three venue changes just because one of the venues got in some trouble. Um, Another one had like a COVID outbreak. And then uh, a couple a couple members from the bands uh, had tested positive for COVID. So, yeah, I, I I guess a lot went wrong with it. Um, but it, it turned out to be like a, a really good show, a sold out show, um, which was pretty, pretty surprising for, you know, our first act. Right. Um, so o- overall, it was a, it was a generally good experience, even all the stress included, you know. So what was your strategy going into that to help ensure that sold out status or get get it to that point? Um, I think I was kind of, uh, doing a lot of work without realizing what I was doing at the time. Um, Not so much not realizing what I was doing, but just kind of being unaware of some of the, you know, things you're supposed to do. But um, I ended up putting a lot of money into like paid advertisement, Um, started getting a lot into like content creation, you know, like creating my own promotions, uh, getting more into like graphic design and video editing, just to be able to have some sort of extra content rather than, you know, just posting the same flyer on Instagram like every single day. Um, And I think that kind of helped with it. Uh, I think also just the bands themselves, like they were, they were all pretty decent bands and all had a pretty okay following and they all did promotions on their end too. So I think just overall, it was just a a pretty good like team effort by everybody. So um, I have a follow-up on this, if possible. Uh, Who were the bands that you, that was, who who were the first band rather that you guys booked on? You didn't actually say. So do you mean the ones that dropped out because of COVID or the ones who actually played the show? Well, the ones who played the show, I guess, because who cares if they're dropped out? Yeah, that didn't fair, make, fair. make any difference to um, So well, I mean, it, have, actually, it would. It actually would, because I want to know if they were big names. So yes, tell us. Oh, so you want the originals? Both, yeah. Tell us both. Okay, so it was originally the Slime Choices Made and a band from Hamilton called Postpartum. Okay. Um, and it was postpartum that actually had to drop out initially. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, one of the venues had to drop out. We had another one on there. The, the name kind of escapes me right now. But the bands that ended up playing were the Holdouts from St. Catharines. We had Choices Made from Toronto, The Slime from Toronto, and Scabs Off from Hamilton. Those were the ones who played? Yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to switch over to Zach because Brian just asked, uh, answered this. So um, how did you guys kind of pick which bands to book then? Um, this kind of happened naturally, I feel like, just through sure. meeting people when we started going to shows. It was just, um, like, yeah, it, it didn't really feel like we kind of thought too hard. We were just trying to reaching out to what we thought 
was going to work because scabs off was definitely a last minute thing and they turn out to now be like someone who we work with a lot slime i believe was already friends with ryan beforehand because we had all met up at the at this first festival like in this offshoot farm area Mm -hmm. and that's where a a lot of things started to happen because everyone was just trying to come out of the uh, come out of the bushes there after covid was ending so what was i don't think you said this or if you did I, I i somehow missed it what was the attendance like at that first show after covid um i think we had something like 32 advanced tickets sold cool. and i think we had something like it was somewhere between 40 and 45 walk-ins which i guess depending on the venue you go to isn't all that much but uh this spot we're at uh Thor, it's it's a super like tight-knit area and they've got like a lot of really good regulars so it's it's always like a really good kind of like energy that they have going there so actually i'll only ask the next one and then i'll follow up well if it's relevant like follow up to what he just said you can just ask that's okay i don't want to change the topic but yeah um so how did you kind of gauge what kind of um room cap you should set this show up at did you just use your intuition or did you use some kind of kind of metrics or how how did you decide those factors so i i started doing the uh like the thing where you ask you know the band what their draw is um but i found especially since then to find that that is not really an accurate way of figuring out like what kind of like capacity you should look for. Like someone's always gonna undercut it or, you know, overshoot it, right? Uh, So I I guess it was kind of just, yeah, like you said, intuition. I don't know. Um, I I figured, you know, like it's for my first show would have been really hard to pull in a hundred people. So I just made sure to go with somewhere that had like a 80 capacity kind of like limit. And I figured we could, uh, we could make that happen. So how did you kind of get the show promoted in uh, in advance? Um, so, yeah, like I said, we uh, I, I had actually never done like any sort of like video editing or anything before, but I just decided to take it up and started making just some silly promotions and yeah. whatever I thought was kind of relevant. Like I made uh, like specific videos for each one of the bands that they could use, like take and use on their own social medias. Nice. Um, I kind of did like my own stuff that I could use. Um, then I'll do like some videos that kind of like compiled all the bands together. Um, back at the time when I started, like I said, I was like super new at it. So it wasn't anything really extravagant, but I think the effort kind of was there. And I think people kind of, you know, tuned into that. Um, I, th- I think it kind of just worked out well that way. There's also a lot of flyering we did a- along there because um, with with Hamilton, the community is really tight, especially like the Doors Pub is literally known as the metal and taco joint. Nice. Uh, right around there, we were just even meeting people who are familiar with the area, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I think the flyering definitely, uh, I think that that possibly had a pretty, pretty good help on it, too, along with paid advertisement. Mm-hmm. I feel like just the two of those things together, like they're they're kind of often overlooked, but yeah. I, I think they have a lot of benefit to you know taking the time and effort and the budget to make that happen. Fair enough. So, when you say paid advertising, did you choose? Did you use your videos that you were creating as an advertisement, or what was your strategy with that? 
Uh, I use the flyers for it just because it's more like static, I guess. Um, I've, no I've noticed that from some of my analytics, like people don't really stick around to watch like some of the videos I was making. Uh, like some of the videos I was doing were like uh, you were between like 30 and 40 seconds long. And I think I kind of like clued in that most people are already scrolling past that by like five or 10 seconds. Um, so I just figured the, the flyer itself was kind of, you know, uh, just a better thing to do in that in that case. So can I go off topic earlier? Do we have more on this? I want one more one more question. Okay. Also, I'll like wait. you mentioned flyering, Zach, where did you what types of places did you flyer and how did you decide where to put your flyers? Um, I guess it helps because also in Hamilton, there's a lot of not just metalheads, but there's a big college area as well. Like we have Hess Village, so that's right next to it. We just, um, yeah, and a lot of colleges there. will have like big bulletin boards everywhere for people to post, yeah, especially right around. Um, there's 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 the university over here, McMaster, they have boards that are just meant for flyering. Right as I put one up, people would gather around and ask what's what's going on. Um, I, I don't know. It definitely felt like a lot of the flyers weren't happening. I don't know if people aren't doing that as much anymore. But. Well, right. I feel like they're not because um, like I, I asked this question because it's like, I don't know where I would post flyers. I mean, I don't live on a university. When I was in college, I put flyers all over my college campus. But like, where do what do I do now? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, even just the wooden post, I walked around with with a staple gun wherever I would just walk around and meet people. Uh, it has this, that kind of vibe here in Hamilton for sure. Cool. So it's a little bit more like relaxed in Hamilton too. Like I know in Toronto, there's a lot of uh, at least bylaws that say you can only fly in certain places. But yeah, in Hamilton, it was kind of easy just to put them literally like wherever you want wherever you thought eyes were going to see it it was just it kind of worked out so i want to change the topic if we're good now good so let's talk about the label um so what the fuck were you guys thinking doing a label i guess is the question well um that's a good question <laughs> yeah i feel like that kind of snowballed when we met ox like we definitely knew we wanted to do something for bands together like yeah. ryan had been working on doing promotions and gig booking while i knew how to produce the sound as well as being with bands and knowing how to do those tasks and knowing how much band members hate doing those tasks but knowing that we could outsource that for them so going back when we met ox they kind of reached out about how they can help with the release or I think first doing shows and that, that that they had a release going. So Ryan and I figured we could put that together. And then they asked then about how we could help promote the release. And that's kind of when Black Throne was actually born. So you guys started due to Ox. Well, we had we had the thought in mind. It's just that was kind of like the catalyst, I guess you could yeah. say. I didn't want to start something called a quote unquote record label. Mm -hmm. uh, if we didn't have any bands to work with, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, yeah. Yeah. So it like, it kind of like, even like we, we went with the term productions in our name because we thought Black Throne Records was a little bit silly, you know, like when we don't have any records out. Um, but them like coming in to like work with us definitely helped kind of like kickstart us, you know, into that mindset. 
Um, and it was really just like a serendipitous kind of meeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. Um, and then how did you get, okay. So for those, for anybody listening who doesn't know, uh, Ox is a stoner band based out of Barrie, not Toronto, almost said Toronto. Uh, they released a cassette on Tarantula Tapes back in April, I think it was. And uh, so, okay. You guys didn't have anything to do with the tape release, though, right? Tarantula has nothing to do with you guys. Right? Uh, we worked with them on it and okay. got them the meeting between Tarantula Tapes and Northern Haze, which okay. kind of worked on distribution up I north. Yeah. But for the yeah, that was that was a Tarantula Tapes and a Northern Haze release. Okay, because my next question was going to be: so you guys were involved with with Ox from the very beginning, then of the right. okay, that's what I was trying to determine here. So now. How do I want to phrase this without it sounding weird? So did you kind of look at their sales figures prior to working on an arrangement? Or did was it kind of like a gut instinct? You guys were just like, yeah, we want to work with this band. Um, we we basically told them that we would we would work on them to like record, mix and master the album. That was yeah. kind of the thing that he did for them. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of booking and promoting shows for them. Um, and we had kind of like teased that we would be willing to finance uh, a record release for them, but we just wanted to see them put in some effort, like in terms of like their socials and kind of building up their branding and how they market themselves. And uh, we were we were incredibly lucky that Chris just turned into a fucking monster with that. Like he he fully like grabbed onto that. And I think we had told him we wanted to see them like I think it was get like a thousand followers or something and kind of remain consistent in their posting for a while and um yeah it, it, it didn't take much time at all like before the i think before the digital release even came out in back in june he was already like well like above and beyond that so we kind of just went to work on it and made it happen for them makes sense Aliyah, do you need to follow up i wanted to just ask if you could go into a little detail about what bands should expect? I mean, it kind of is on the topic that you've already discussed a little bit, but maybe a little more in depth about what what tasks a band should expect a label to cover and what tasks they should expect to still have to do themselves. Good question. Um, I would say like, obviously, you know, there's like the whole like pressing and releasing, you know? Um, I think that's kind of like a big thing, but um, there's there's another band we're working with, Chow Day, where our, we've kind of like worked out like a good deal with them, where we kind of handle like their their promotions. We we take on some of their gig booking. Obviously, we can't take on all of it at this point, but um, we work on. So for them specifically, we worked on a release schedule for their upcoming album, and we're kind of just you know like walking through that with them. So. In terms of like releasing like you know just a couple a couple songs off the album just to generate some sort of hype you know and then uh kind of like booking shows that kind of like uh i guess center around that um and then just uh kind of like artist management just um helping them like with any sort of questions that they may have or things that they're sort of unsure about how to go about in the industry doing um and then uh, I, guess, I guess also just like the, yeah, like I said, the promotions and kind of content creation for them, kind of helping them get their name out there um, and really just, yeah, just trying to help them build up uh, like a fan base before they have like their big release. So it's not falling on deaf ears, you know? So I just realized we only have 10 minutes left, but we're going to make the most of those 10 minutes. 
So um, what I was going to ask you guys is about, um, are you, well, are you seeking more bands? I guess is the first question before I go to my next one. Definitely, for sure. Um, Absolutely. So tell me this then. So let's say a band wants to sign with Black Throne Productions. So walk us through how they would do that. What would make you guys even want to consider financing an album from Joe Blow or Joe Blow Band? Sure. Uh, you want to take this one, Zach? Yeah, sure. Um, like, initially, we just try to make sure that they're actually putting an effort in towards the band. So I guess checking in their socials first. Okay. So what would be, um, so sorry to interrupt, but I just want to, I want, yeah. just so that's, that way it's clear, because we got mainly musicians that listen to this anyways. So define good socials for anyone listening, in your opinion. Um, we come across a lot of pages where like people aren't even like active on it. Like Ox is a, a great example how they took off where it's kind of hard to keep track of now where we come to people who are trying to promote something and they haven't been on there for a year. Mm -hmm. There's nothing going on, even like maybe the past few months because bands are moving so fast these days, you got to be able to keep up with it, especially with how much are coming out now. Yeah. Okay. Um, for um, me, it's uh, I like to see that a band is like aware of who they are and the image they're trying to put out there to their fans. Mm -hmm. Um, like there's some people who just they just post random stuff and it doesn't have any rhyme or reason. Which I guess for some that's that's kind of okay if that's your thing. I think um, he's giving me the dirty look on that one, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Lee. I know you're not. I know you're not. It was a joke. It was a joke. Um, I, I feel like it's just, in, in terms of socials, it's just seeing them interact with the fans, seeing that the fans are interacting with them. So it's not just, you know, these, you know, this band of like four people just throwing shit at the wall and nothing is sticking. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I like to see the, the interactions back and forth. And I kind of like to see that they they have like their own brand established. Um, okay. It's just, it makes it a lot easier to uh, kind of help them with their content creation and with, you know, finding our own narrative around mm -hmm. putting their album or their release, whatever. Um, like with Ox, it's super easy because I, I think that means Zach are both into the same stuff as, as the members of the band, like in terms of like the style the music and everything. So we have a very um, cohesive relationship yeah. Um, so it, it works well with them. And I, I think I just like seeing other bands that, you know, have that same drive to kind of have their own brand and push it out there just so it's easier for us to kind of um, just kind of latch onto that and just push their own narrative. You know what I mean? I do. So do they have to be a stoner band? Because you guys do a lot of punk shows and stuff. So out of curiosity, what, what genre does it have to be? If mm -hmm. any? I don't think we're tied to any specific genre right now. Obviously, sure. we're, you know, walking around in the metal pool, right? Metal, mm -hmm. hardcore, punk, stoner, yeah. doom, anything like that. Yeah. Um, like but it's, it's not necessarily to say that we wouldn't work with someone else. It would just have to be, you know, something that we're really passionate about, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, but, even Jowday themselves, like that's expanding more into like the progressive sludgier side of things, if you're f familiar with them. No. Um, even before the music I used to do before, like Ryan's the one who got me into like the stoner 
genre. I was into like a lot of like avant-garde, progressive, or even just like hardcore. Cool. Okay, so then uh, the final. So got the band. Now you want to sign them. What comes next? Um, that's kind of where we like to like do our little release schedule thing. Um, so I, uh, I guess a little bit of backstory. I, I took project management. I studied that in school and I kind of see this as kind of like releasing an album is the same as just a project, right? So it's a matter of getting your scope, your budget and your uh, schedule all together. So we like to actually just sit down with the band, figure out like those three kind of very important things. Um, and then it's really just, you know, working out the, the kinks in the release schedule and then walking through them with that and, you know, just, uh, I guess, all the way to release day. Um, like, like I said earlier, uh, you had asked, like, what, what helps us uh, decide if we want to finance or not? Well, we have to, you know, within like the first couple months, it's, it's good to see that they're really, uh, I guess, taking to heart that advice and, you know, putting in the time in their socials and kind of building their brand and marketing. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think we kind of just take it from there. Cool. 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 Okay. So we got about four minutes left. Uh, Aaliyah, what do we want to uh, ask these guys in the last four minutes? I kind of want to go back really quick to show promotion and talk about a touchy subject. Uh -oh. um, pay to play shows or as it's cloaked now, requiring bands to pre-sell a certain number of tickets for a show. Ooh, controversial. Here we go. What is your take on this? Is it because I know for me, I haven't heard. I, I just heard about it happening to somebody, maybe me, um, <laughs> maybe about a show that I was potentially looking into signing up for anyway, but I haven't encountered that for a very long time. So What's your take on that? So I, I think that's kind of interesting, actually. Um, so I myself, I wouldn't ask a band to go and sell their own 20, 30 tickets. But I do I do find that's very interesting for some promoters to kind of do that. It, it kind of seems like they might be calling their bluff. You know, like when a band's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull in 70 people when you know they're going to pull in 20. Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting way for the promoter or the booker or whoever to kind of say, okay, well, do that then and uh, i don't know so I, I i wouldn't do it myself but i don't i don't necessarily have any like strong feels on it um pay to play shows it's not really my thing um i've uh i i, I kind of like making sure the bands get paid a decent amount so i i myself wouldn't ask a band to pay to play one of my shows uh, i guess it could be different for festivals and stuff you know considering how large the festival might be and you're kind of paying for publicity at that point which, again, I don't have any real strong feels on, but yeah. Well, right. I mean, it's interesting because you were you were mentioning earlier about asking bands about their drop, and you mentioned both people can overshoot and undershoot because bands don't really necessarily have a gauge on how many people they can draw. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if it's not necessarily an effective strategy. It almost is more just like paying to play. It's like you just have to pay for 30 tickets okay it's like you can sell them or you can just pay the money it's like either either way the promoter is getting paid and not the band right yeah but, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought i i actually hadn't thought of it like that before i mean yeah that, that I, 
So, Brian, Brian, your viewpoint, I don't think I've, I've heard it said like that. That's interesting for me. I can see both viewpoints now. Before, I was like those fucking greedy promoters. But now, when you put it that way, it's like, understand. Okay. Yeah. You don't do. Like, I, it's, I, I've been doing it for a minimal time, but I can understand why for some promoters, especially ones who are locked into promoting for specific venues, yeah. like, I, I, I assume there, there are, are going to be times where you got to cover your own ass, you know? Yeah. Like, so I, like I said, I, I don't necessarily have any strong feels about it, hmm. but it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Right. It is. And that's a totally new viewpoint for me. Um, Aliyah, can I ask a final question before your final question? Yeah. No, you can uh, ask the final question. Oh, I get to ask the final question. Okay. So, um, what venue do you guys like to, uh, which, which venue out of all the venues that you guys currently have have booked in the past, rather, not currently, uh, do you guys like the best? Doors. Think doors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And Why is that? Um, it's just, I think I've booked there so many times at this point. Um, it's just always such great people that come through. There's lots of really good regulars. It's at a really good spot in town. Always lots of walk-ins from people who just hear the noise. Um, mm -hmm. Very, I wouldn't say it's cozy on the inside where we have the show, but it's very tight-knit and kind of, uh, it's just a very unique vibe and kind of setting for a show. And I, I, I think all the show goers like also really like it for that. Fair. Oh, I actually have one last question. This is a bitch. And maybe you guys can talk about this. I think I brought this up with Ryan earlier. I think it was you that talked to you about this. Times. Why do fucking shows start so goddamn fucking late? Yeah, it was you, Ryan. That was who I was talking about. I don't know. You, I, I think people are just locked into that mindset. I don't like it. Especially the weeknight shows there. I fucking hate oh, it. That's crazy, man. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, I think I'll start tomorrow. There's like some shows you can in, you can insist that the doors are at seven and the show starts at seven thirty or eight, and people will still show up at nine thirty, ten o'clock on during the last band. And that happened at the Conan show the other day. I mean, I got there at seven. They actually didn't open the doors till seven twenty, even though they said doors were at seven, and then they didn't fucking start till like eight oh five. Yeah, pet peeve. I fucking hate that. Zach, what's your take? Because Ryan still there's thunder. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm just going to say it. We're always waiting for the drums to show up. Fair. <laughs> Fair. That's a very Fair. good take. Accurate. Fair. That's Fair. it. Uh, once it. that's there, then I can I can mic it up. We set up lights, and then we're good to go. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Aliyah, do you have a final question before we end off then? Oh, I think that's about all we have time for. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming on and talking about all these topics with us. And everybody <laughs> listening, I hope that you heard something helpful today. And if so, you know, let us know. Let us know what, what you want to talk about next. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.